Hello friends, coming to you from the Tualatin River Valley in Oregon. This is Ryan, Rye Rye, Snowy, Rye Guy, Hossie Bossy, McSassy Pants, Playboy Hossie, Randy California, Hoss, the man with the magnetic tape, HG, Mr. Domesticity, Hossner. And this is 69 Vinyl Records. Folks, we are coming to you late night, uh, nighttime on a Sunday. It is the 26th of April as we record this now 40th. 40th episode of 69 Vinyl Records, colon, the $150 podcast. We are excited to hit yet another milestone with you. We're excited to bring you this episode while you're gathered around. It is the uh, the day of this episode's release in the time stream of the actual program. It is the winter solstice. It's the 21st of December. It is the beginning of winter break or whatever there is to take a break from this uh, coming winter. It's a time to be with family, and I hope that you're all gathered around listening to this fine episode of a quarantine podcast, little time capsule for you, uh, the $150 podcast, that is. Uh, what did I get up to today on the 26th of April? It was kind of a busy one. I, uh, I mowed a tiny bit of lawn. I uh, My parents came over and stood on one end of the porch and delivered some muffins. That was nice, so I saw my folks today. I did some work because my <laughs> online class disappeared yesterday and I didn't have access and no students had access to it. So I got to be prepared to do work yesterday and then have to wait to do work until today, which was nice. Uh, I thought I was going to beat the video game Witcher 3 today, but I did not. And my biggest milestone for today, um, after having found previously... Uh, gray hairs on my shoulder and all throughout my beard. I tonight found my first head hair, temple gray hair, and I'm feeling very distinguished and very accomplished tonight. So that is the mood that I, your humble host, uh, am inhabiting as I come to you tonight. I need to stop talking about myself and bring on a guest because we have a fun album to talk about. And this is someone who has been in on the pod since day one, has been somebody that we've always had this album in mind, like, let's get together, let's talk about this, um, but has been, as we've had a few guests on this program, deemed essential. She's been deemed essential by uh, whatever, uh, probably the governor, I imagine, has deemed her essential. And so uh, her her schedule is not as wide open as mine. So it's really exciting to have her on. Um, she was the secret ninth member of Anna's and my wedding party. Uh, please welcome to the program my friend Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Hello. Congratulations welcome, welcome. on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you bet. You were, you were, so I was thinking about this and I, I want to be very careful in the way that I word this because there's a way of saying it which I think could sound uh, wrong and I don't mean it to do that. So you have been deemed essential, which means like, I don't know, sacrificial or whatever, right? And so in at least in this current time, at our wedding a year and change ago, you were the exclusively non-essential member, <laughs> which to me means you're the only person who is like invited. Oh, I like that. <laughs> right? Everybody yeah, it's else true. I... had a job. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. 
Yeah. I I just got to show up for the party. <laughs> That's right. You were like the guest. Not just yeah. that, like you were <laughs> the guest of honor. It was uh and we were so glad to have you there and really honored to have you there. Yeah, I I mean having my partner officiate it I don't know. <laughs> it was a really cool thing to be at for Aww. for so many reasons and getting to be with your families was great. Yeah, that was fun. So I said two things, I guess. I said ninth and I said, uh, yeah, so who all was there? It was my folks, Anna's folks, our landlord and roommate, <laughs> which is one person, <laughs> Sean, who has been on this program a few times. Good friend of the show. Uh, yeah, Curtis, who's been on doing doing the uh, like actually having the most essential role to play, really. Um, and And you were there providing like nice balance to the whole thing because like Curtis is in the middle. And so then there were four people on each side. It was really nice. It was really, oh, mm, it was perfect. Rounded it out. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah. So thanks for being at that. And thank you also for being at this. <laughs> I really like the non-essential, but only invited like guests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's a good um, life. <laughs> so Kristen, all I can remember is that before this program took shape in the very recent past, we sort of had a a group gathering where you had revealed your like love for this band and this album. And then when the program came around, it made total sense to have you be the guest for this one. So let's bring the album in to join us here. Uh, I'm recording here from the Holy of Holies behind the curtains, as we all know. Um, let's bring the album in here. We have Voulez-Vous by ABBA. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. <laughs> really nice. Kristen, talk about, help me remember, I feel really ashamed now. Like I came in, I had an idea in my head of what what it was that that was like the specific story or the specific interaction that we had, but now I'm really doubting myself. Do you recall it? I, I do. Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was like not that long before quarantine so maybe in late february maybe maybe even early march like before everything kind of shut down um we went over to your house when we were listening to records and you put on voulez-vous and i was like hey this was my like when i was a baby this was my happy music like i have that album at home that i like got from my mom's collection and it was totally a thing and i i'm really happy we're listening to this Oh, man, I'm really happy that that's the story because that is how I remembered it. But I started to really second guess myself and be like, wait, did they ever come like we haven't been in the house that long? Did they actually make it over recently? And like, (laughs) I really wasn't sure. Oh, we made it is all screwy. Yeah, I couldn't tell you exactly when that was, but not long before. Yeah. Yeah, one of down. our I, now I feel like it must have been one of the last social things that we did. Like you may have been not only the like sole invited guest, but you may have been the last invited guest to our house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, all the honors. <laughs> yeah, I feel very welcomed as a guest. Well, good. I mean, that's good because this is a really welcoming and fun album to talk about. I listened yeah. to this earlier today. And 
after nearly after nearly every track like and actually after the first five seconds of nearly every track i was like god another one this oh my (laughs) gosh it's so good yeah yeah for it's a 10 track album Mm-hmm. according to what I see here on my my vinyl that I have in front of me. But it's got a lot packed in. It's got a lot that, like, were singles or are well-known. Yeah, really, a lot of the ones that I grew up with, like, I grew up with fewer ABBA songs, but we had ABBA Gold, I believe, was the mm. compilation that we had. And um, let me count here. One, two, three, four, five six i think i think six of these 10 were on that compilation album yeah it's a it is a hit parade i i'm really curious about that if you remember more about what else was on that um because on the album there are 10 tracks and yeah online there are 13 and i think that those extra songs were like recorded for gold albums or greatest hit albums oh and then like reattributed like yeah or what yeah so like a b-side okay things that were recorded and released as a b-side or recorded and released as like a greatest hits plus got you you know actually there's something else i was reading about recently while doing this project that i did not know about in the past which was that like there was a time in the recording industry where you like put out singles and those were like separate from records uh or like could wouldn't always be included on and some of that was due to like i don't know just like weird recording industry standards and like what went on the radio and it's all around like what was the DJ trend of those eras too, right? So I didn't I didn't really know about this phenomenon, but I wonder if that's what happened with some of the... I mean, do you want to talk about some of the songs that aren't on the album before we dig into uh, As Good As New? You mean aren't on Voulez-Vous, the former The vinyl. Uh, the vinyl. No, no, no. Yeah, that aren't on the copy that... And actually, I also want to just highlight how, how pleased I am that both of us got to listen to this uh, analog through nice stereo setups that's that's a real treat <laughs> I agree yeah but then I downloaded it to listen on on uh, Spotify my like digital yeah. music and took a walk listening to it and there were three more tracks so yeah. yeah I would I would comment on them all right go for it because I I did not listen to those three tonight but I do feel really familiar with gimme 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 uh yeah so tell me, tell me about any of them, and I, and I've told you what I can contribute to. <laughs> That's fair. Well, okay. So there are three extra tracks um, that were added at, after for like subsequent. It looks like CDs from what I could figure out. I looked into it tonight sure. because I was like, why is this that there are more? Um, and the three tracks are called "Summer Night City," "Love Light," and then "Gimme Gimme Gimme." So. Summer Night City is where I'm just baffled. It, <laughs> if you wanted to play some, it might help contextualize. I'm not... ABBA is so fantastic, and they know what they're yeah. doing, but I find that, like, I'm left, like, wanting to ask about it because it's very, very campy. 
apparently it's about Stockholm and like I haven't been there particularly in the 70s so I feel Ah. like I'm missing something when I listen to it because it's meant to be like party but it's kind of a like electric city it's very jazz hands I I do I do want to hear a little bit of this because everything that you are listing as possible downsides I'm I'm kind of intrigued to hear so let's let's punch a little of that in It um it actually reminded me so not too many episodes ago uh we we gave credit we paid homage to a, a famous karaoke performance of yours and some of this sounds like uh, Doctor Hook to me. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, you know, maybe I love the song, but I <laughs> I don't I don't know. It gets such a reaction out of me. Yeah. Well, it's very, uh, it's very upfront. It's very immediate. Uh, there's no question as to what the song is called or about or going to sound like. <laughs> no question what it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't say that it's a gripe for sure, but oh, oh, that was close. Yeah, but that that song is the one that kind of gave me pause, and I was like, what. What is going on here? <laughs> Even though you're telling me. Yeah, that's really something. What do you know about Love Light? Anything worth sharing? Uh, yeah. So I looked into these three tracks. If you want me to tell you what I learned from research. Oh, yeah. Today, I, yeah. I don't yeah, consider yeah. myself an expert. This is all. Um, so it was released as a B-side. And I really like that one because it has this, like, weird kind of vocoder or auto-tune moment yeah it's kind of like the bon jovi thing you know you know the thing (laughs) uh the bon jovi thing as a vocoder thing i don't know if i do recognize that i think it's from it's my life yeah that like where where like the oh whoa whoa that thing yeah kind of that Uh Uh, Mm uh-huh all right (laughs) Uh, that sounds really intriguing on Love Light. You must have light. Everything around you is I enjoyed it. It caught me off guard. And it's a good song. But really, the third one, though, Gimme, 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 that one is so recognizable for ABBA yeah. and what a lot of people think of and the fact that it was like added on I was really surprised by Yeah, and it's that's the one from these three that made it to that gold record that we had. Yeah, um, 
or compilation compilation uh cd uh like you know eight discs or four discs or something <laughs> something that was like didn't fit into regular places um in one of those huge collections that was re- uh, recorded before a tour which kind of makes sense interesting again it makes me realize like how little i know about what kind of promote what were promotional singles versus b-sides versus like these extras you know yeah you know so you're talking about how there's this sort of like black box of of how did how did the music well how does the music industry ever work right and then there's also this sort of like for me black box of knowing ABBA's music and knowing that they are a cultural phenomenon, but like not knowing much about the band. Um, one thing that I'm kind of struck by on the, on the record itself is the sort of like push and pull, I think of disco and maybe the 1980s. This record does come out in 79 and summer night city, actually that we just heard a little bit of does sound kind of like, um, some early 80s stuff that when you hear people do like 80s reminiscent stuff now they might like go it's it sounds like the thing that people call back to i don't know there's something a little bit uh a little bit more futuristic about that one to me i i like that and i i do agree i'm i'm intrigued by it because i also feel like there were a lot of callbacks in the yeah. record in yeah. terms of like how they got started as a folk band there's a lot of like some old school kind of stuff that then they add in the disco. And then there are moments where I'm like, oh, the top is spinning. Like it's going to fall <laughs> over. <laughs> but it, yeah, but they're really good at it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Man, there's a lot going on in here. Well, so we've covered these these uh, three bonuses. Did we leave anything out on those? No, I I just, you know. For being three, I had a lot of feelings about it. Yeah, no, it's rad. I mean, yeah, a lot of a lot of things have bonus tracks once you get into Spotify, and in this in this program especially, right? Like, think, I'm thinking about like Beach Boys things that then they have a bunch of like demos or they have all these like interludes and things that get added on. I I I kind of like often the limitation of let's fit it onto this physical product, um, but. No, the, to have these three and one of them be Gimme, Gimme, Gimme a Man After Midnight. Oh, that's pretty ripe. Yeah, they're like, here's a surprise for you. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. but it's really cool because like it wasn't accessible. And I think that's what I forget and then have to mm. check. Like people would have mm-hmm. been so excited to hear it on the radio, you know, because you don't have access to it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Even if you oh, have man. the album. I had my mom on the program recently and she was talking about an experience that I had only a few times as a kid, but sounds like was her was like a big part of her childhood, which was, she said like sitting by the radio, listening to Casey Kasem, like with the tape deck ready to go, like with the blank, blank tape in it, you know, (laughs) like trying to grab that like radio cut because you couldn't go. Well, you could, but like, why go buy a bunch of buy a bunch of CDs for ten songs you don't want to listen to? You know, just get the ones <laughs> that you want to hear over and over. Totally, yeah. I only had that moment a few times, and it was like, 
when I was in middle school. So yeah. 97, you know, yeah. the internet was no, that's happening, exactly. but. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was imagining, I was picturing myself with my, uh, my fourth, fifth, well, I don't know. Third, fourth, fifth grade best friend, Neil Wong. Yeah. I was imagining me and Neil, uh, trying to, trying to get like Barbie girl or, uh, <laughs> yeah. how do I breathe or something? Oh, <laughs> Uh, so as good as new. Wow, track one. Uh, dude, Kristen. By the way, this is why we do the show because there's so much to talk about, and uh, you are yet another example of of my friends just having so much good stuff to talk about. Sorry, oh. Dad, that we can't always do track by track. <laughs> yeah, you let me know about track by track. I I don't oh, know that whatever. I have a lot to say about everything. Uh, yeah. No, I think that's totally fine. I do want to highlight some of my very favorites um, and, and call those out. We, we've heard a little bump from As Good As New, which actually I, I'm sure that I found this record as, as this record in Luke's collection. So Luke and I lived together a couple of times in our uh, young adult life together. Um, and so in the second time we lived together, we really got to actually like stretch out and live in the place for a little over a year. And it was us and our friend Ian. And we got to know each other's records, co- record collections a little bit better. And I remember pulling this out and being like, whoa, you have an ABBA record. And then putting it on and being floored by it. Just, <laughs> whoa. Because I had never heard. I had always heard the songs that were on that compilation and then in Mamma Mia or whatever, right? Just the like really big ones. And the first time I heard As Good As New, I was stunned. It has the little, like, um, it sounds like an effect of pitching down, but it's just a, a musical flourish when she's doing that, like, that's one of my favorite things in all songs, honestly. I love that little bit. It's a really, I don't mean like, I mean like all songs, Kristen, that. Ugh, that's good shit. I'm on board. I I agree that that's a really cool vocal trick and and kind of gets that that ahead of its time feeling that yeah. you were referencing. Yeah. How cool. I yeah, once again, for me on this, like, the they had callbacks, right? They have, like, a string arrangement. It kicks off with something like yeah. chamber music <laughs> feeling. And then it kicks in with bass and, like, oh, man. goes nuts with it. And yeah. I like that that is for a song called Good As New, again, that it has, like, a callback yeah. and then boom, disco time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really enjoy that about it. That baseline is so sick. I know that yeah. I know that if Curtis is in your house at the moment listening through the door, he's like, please, someone someone talk about that sick bass groove. <laughs> we'd like pick we'd pick up his voice like scatting it. You know what I mean? Like if he started thinking about it outside the door, we would know because he'd go off about it. <laughs> Uh, I love that idea. I hope we can't. You know, I'm going to listen to this really closely on the edit. And I <laughs> dollars to nickels. We're going to find what I don't know what the I don't know what the actual phrase is. Dollars to <laughs> <laughs> dollars to dickwads. What is it? 
dollars to donuts, but I don't know why. That makes more sense. But I don't get it. <laughs> like I've heard it. If that's the I'd, one you meant. I'd bet dollars to donuts. I'm I know, I know that's what it is. You're you're absolutely right, and I it doesn't make any sense to me either. Yeah. I think dollars to dickwads is more appropriate for this show. I think that's kind of the headspace we want to be in. I also want okay. to call out the title track, which is solid. It's what we expect to hear from ABBA. And I really want to call out here on side A, Angel Eyes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I really... I, I'm curious your thoughts on Angel Eyes. Well, so... Well, I want to talk about Boulay Boo as well, you know. Yeah, okay. So... We yeah, let's circle back to it because um, good as new and voulez vous are both um, pretty like pretty moving, pretty up tempo. And I have a dream is a little bit you know let's take it back a step. And to me, that's that's the ABBA that is like less interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. I I what I like about this band is putting it on and how it inspires me to groove about while it's playing. And so if the song doesn't do that, it's not it's not fulfilling its purpose in my household. Um, but so Angel Eyes does that again. It comes back and I think it's kind of a secret good song, uh, a secret, a secret banger. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I really dig it. And I think it I think it really stands out uh, between or I should say, like, considering the two songs it's between, it really stands out to me. that one i i really enjoy it and i really like the pace of it but the content of the song kind of was like <laughs> when i listened to the words i i didn't know what to make of it it's about like well. a person who sees their ex with somebody new and is saying like i should go warn the new person they're dating but I sure, really yeah. miss my ex. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a really bad idea and a really well worn trope in music. There's so much like I'm gonna warn all I'm gonna warn everyone about my ex. Like yeah, but it's also <laughs> overtly like I miss him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look into his angel eyes. One look and you're hypnotized. He'll take your heart. He must pay the price. You must yeah. pay the price. Don't look too deep. So one thing that I tried to do for this album, and I it was not successful, so I won't dwell on it too long, but you know I do this thing for Halloween where you go and sing in costume at karaoke for what your costume is. And That's try and one make of it our work. favorite things to talk about on this program, honestly. Oh, good. It comes up okay. all the time. <laughs> Okay, so I, in listening to this album on my walk, I was like, hmm, I'm going to like, you know, kind of run it through and see who, who would sing what. But it's really hard to do because it's often like this triangulated thing where you would yeah. be like the story's about somebody, but you would be singing from the perspective of some ancillary character. 
that <laughs> sure that makes it like too much. Wow. So I couldn't do it. And Angel Eyes <laughs> made that clear to me. If you were dressed as an angel, you could do this song. But that's <laughs> What if you were like a demon? You could also do that because it's about like being hypnotized. You could be some sort of like warlock or or vampire <laughs> yeah, even. That angel will break your heart. <laughs> you could do your uh I mean, you and I are speaking about this coming Halloween as something far off. By the time this thing is published, you know, there will have had two months to digest the great performances that we have just witnessed. Let's let's hope and pray that uh fucking voice box is open. God damn. Yeah. I do not want to do Oh, Kristen. Oh, what? this is a new this <laughs> is a new pang of like gr- grief and loss is the idea oh, of no. doing a Zoom session karaoke ween. Oh my god, I want to die. It would not be the same. Oh. Yeah. That sounds rough. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but by oh, the time man. this podcast comes out, we'll know what happened. <laughs> Yeah, we'll know. <laughs> all of our all of our regrets of the last four years will be either uh, forgotten or magnified or. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's the thing that we've now passed in the run of this show, which wow. makes me okay. so spooky. Ugh, ugh, ugh. I don't like thinking about it. Yeah. I actually we got our voter pamphlet for the uh, Oregon May May nineteen primary. This year, uh, one of my it's Steely Dan Day. It's such a great day. Oh, um, really? Whoa! I oh, know yeah. you like that. What's May nineteenth <laughs> about with Steely Dan? Well, have you ever heard of the song "Hey Nineteen? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I get <laughs> now it. Now you know. <laughs> I, I hear it. Yeah, that's all there is to it. So I, yeah, I, I, we were, I was going through the voters pamphlet today, making sure I knew who was running for. I actually did find a couple of new uh, folks that I'm excited to vote for. We have a representative. Uh, we've <laughs> in this time stream, we have a representative, Suzanne Bonamici, in our first district, who's, I don't know, been there for a while, uh, a long time, really, and she has a challenger from the left who's for Medicare for all and uh, disabled rights and uh lgbtq rights and uh yeah i think i'm i think i'm full on cb 2020 so uh that was fun got to learn that today that's great i we did get our booklet but it's on the corner it's in the corner where we put our mail for a few days <laughs> sure oh yeah no i know all about that corner <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the creepy corner the sort of like yeah. I know. Is it time to touch the stuff that came to the house? Yeah, geez. Well, let's talk about Voulez Vu for a second before we uh before we pretend to talk about the king has lost his crown. <laughs> oh <laughs> Yes. Okay. Uh Voulez Vu. It is so good. It's such a good, like, second track to the album. It keeps yeah. everything. It's really got a lot of intrigue elements. And then... Oh, perfect word. Yes. The title itself, like, the question is never named. 
Yeah. But it's all about like embrace the moment. I actually had a thought about this when I was like considering the record because it never tells you what the question is. Again, I was trying to figure yeah. out what right. it's just like what are would you, you right? Would yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. And so I have a thought. Please. Would you like to guess what time it is? Uh... <laughs> the whole song is about oh, wait, I now. We were a now, game. It, no, I mean we can, but I just want to say for more context before you submit your guess that the whole song is about now is all we have. You're not promising anything. There's no regrets. Would you like to? It's all about like time and now. Wow! And, wow! And okay. That's a great. Oh man, this is one of. Oh, I'm so stoked that you've brought a feature onto the program. This is one oh, of good. our great games. Uh, this is a campfire game, which is that, you know, when we do. So, Kristen, oh man, how far back do we need to go? We. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of. I, I thought I'd let you tell me because. It, yeah. It takes some explaining. No, I think I think camp has been alluded to, but. I actually am like a little bit disgusted. It's taken 40 episodes of this program to have an excuse to talk about Camp Stravaganza. That's pretty wild. Um, you got to talk about it. Okay. Well, so for the purposes of this, let's say for now that there are a core, what, 11 people who have, ru- I mean, roughly 11 folks who have camped together every summer for roughly the last 11 years. I've already had the grief pang of of camp extravaganza and i think we can work around it um so i don't that's less worrisome to me um i hear you but uh yeah like it's a group of uh, yeah 10 or 11 of us who have camped together every summer for the last 10 or 11 years i think this is be a dozen this coming year and we have over the years of course like there have been folks who have been part of it and are no longer there are people who are like now hugely a part of it who weren't there at the beginning right it's existed for a long time and it's starting to kind of have this own mythical life of its own part of what happens at camp stravaganza is that we uh, like play we really enjoy each other's company we play games together and sometimes those are things we bring and sometimes those are things that we that just happen and what time is it is one of my (laughs) favorite games from camp because by day well, I should, I mean, really like one and a half, but you know, when you're camping <laughs> yeah. for three, four days, five days, sometimes, um, you really start to kind of lose track of like, wait, you know, all you have is just the sun telling you what time it is. And so after the sun goes down and we're sitting around the campfire in various states of, uh, disarray, dishevelment, uh, disillusionment, what have you, uh, Whenever somebody wants to know what time it is, we all have to go around and guess what time it is. And I <laughs> I really am so thankful for you bringing this to the show. It's a really good game and people we stumble <laughs> into really it when you have game. you have the whole day and people just say out loud, "What time is it?" And then it's like, "Oh, nobody like, oh, say anything." Circle up, circle up. Nobody Let's talk consult about it. Your watch or device, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Every and I and what I can say is that every single person at camp loves this game. <laughs> it is so yeah. good. Yeah, uh, so okay. it's voulez vous. 
Voulez-vous. What time is it? Do you want to guess what time is it? Do you already know? No, I I have my laptop in front of me. I know that it's sometime in December 2020. And <laughs> that's, that's as far as I'm willing to go with it. <laughs> that's as far as you're willing to go guessing or yeah, it's, because you know I don't I don't is. even I don't remember what day it is either. <laughs> <laughs> I well, for us, okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's fine. Uh I will tell you it for us it is the 26th of April. Uh True. <laughs> for what it's worth. Yep. Uh, okay, I'm back. All right, sweet. <laughs> As soon as you said, what time is it? I instinctually like looked. And then, so I was like, ah, and I've had my computer, you know, doing the recording means that I'm like monitoring, seeing where we're at in the run of the episode, trying to make sure that we hit, you know, we hit our features on time and all that kind of shit. So I, I would be an unfair participant in this game too, but I'm so glad that you brought it up. What else should we say about camp on this? The first time that camp stravaganza has like been uh, more than just referenced, but actually sort of introduced. I would comment that you did that like report last year, you know, where you ran statistics about who has attended and where we went and in the same vein as conducting this podcast, uh, I think it's a really great effort to posterity, you know, and like reflecting. And I, I'm really grateful for that. Aww. And looking forward to camp, however we make it happen this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think even before summertime, I think there might be some opportunities to do some socially distance appropriate, like, um yard camping i think we might be able to do that uh even like early summertime um i don't i don't think that we're gonna have to like work around people's schedules a ton this summer (laughs) i don't think people are actually gonna travel i think it might be hard to like actually reserve a place or go somewhere but yeah i have no idea i think for a lot of the bigger parks yeah that would be true i don't know about private land at all but but yeah that's true yeah southwest washington might be all too willing to (laughs) yeah (laughs) invite us in (laughs) keep plenty of distance yeah we could just do a uh a two or three week camp extravaganza and quarantine together and call it good (laughs) nice there's a way disaster and disgrace do you want to talk at all about <laughs> do you want to talk at all about that this really no. wacky song? Again, that's that's why I mentioned that like they go from folk to disco. This is hard yeah. folk. Yeah. That... It is hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's really <laughs> abrupt. It's difficult folk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> difficult. You know what? Um before they were called ABBA, they were called uh fest folket. It's Swedish for like party people. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Full people. The... Yeah. Uh, do <laughs> you do you know anything about their name? Uh, all I will say is that I grew up calling them Abba because I grew up an evangelical Christian, and evangelical Christians have a weird sort of like fetishization about Judaism, and Abba is a like Jewish word that jesus uses for god uh yeah (laughs) 
Do you know anything about their name ABBA? I I know a little bit about it. Yeah. It's uh based off of their the initials of their first names, the four of them. Oh. Okay, so I know Bjorn. Yeah, there's Bjorn <laughs> and, Benny. and there's Ag- Ag- Bjorn and Benny and then there's yeah. Agnetha and Agnetha, then um Anna yeah. Anifried. Anna Fried, man, sick names. I remember Agnetha too. That's a uh, that's a throwback to uh Boy, an old conversation, an old archived conversation with Luke that we dragged up to be part of this show here. Yeah, where Agnetha came up. That's good stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that makes perfect sense, right? I think it does. It an fits old, right yeah. in. I'm curious about it, though. Well, I'll tell you about it here, uh, maybe off mic, because we've reached the end of side A, Mm. And uh, that means that it is time for one of our favorite features on the program. It's time for Today in Coronavirus. All right, Kristen, it's time for Today in Coronavirus. Now, usually, I would say maybe 100% of the time, this is at least news it's at least something that is uh, that's like a no- it's something that's like out I-, I don't know being picked up by reputable sources or it's like an actual thing that happened today for uh, today in coronavirus I want to bring up a uh, kind of nasty geopolitical rumor uh, oh and I I wonder if you already know what I'm about to ask you it's now uh, Sunday the 26th of April it's been over two weeks now since uh, anybody has seen the reclusive leader of the, or not so reclusive leader, rather, of the reclusive uh, police state North Korea. And the question that I am wondering today, along with some other rumor-mongery type people, uh, (laughs) including fucking TMZ, uh, (laughs) is Kim Jong-un dead? Yeah, yeah, I thought that might be the geopolitical rumor you were referencing. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it's such like a weird, it's a weird combination of like, oh yeah, this really is just like a club of middle schoolers in charge of everything who are like, just like talking shit behind each other's back. Uh, But everybody, I mean, I shouldn't say everybody, but like, a lot of these same rumor mongery places were the few to report that uh, Kim Jong Il had like had a stroke and was was in like ill health, right? So yeah, everybody's wondering, did uh, did <laughs> and I don't I don't mean to like giggle and laugh about it, but it's it, like the way that it's being rolled out is so like yeah, it's like immature. I don't know. What do you think? Well, it's hard to get any information straight up. Right. So it could mean so many different things. I I don't know what the North Korean incidence of coronavirus is or like what their their announcements and you know national message about it have been yeah. compared to that, but I think it's possible that he's sick but sure. not wanting to disclose that and it's not as drastic but but I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's not as drastic as quote quote botched heart surgery, which is right. like yeah, just so sensational. 
the word botched. Like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> True. It's like not very technical, but we know it's a heart yeah. surgery, but there's no information <laughs> yeah. about that. Don't yeah, tell some anybody. Nervous, some nervous surgeon fucked it all up. And now, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so sensational. So silly. Uh, so I mean, you, TMZ I so covered it? TMZ? Yeah. Yeah, TMZ picture. Yeah. Okay, so I, let me tell you two things that are going to tell you a little bit about <laughs> my own internet presence. Uh, one <laughs> is that the first thing that I saw about Kim Jong-un was a meme that said Dennis Rodman was going to, <laughs> to be the next leader of North Korea. Um Hmm. It was kind of a combination, I think, of my political leaning stuff and my um, like interest in the what's very current right now, Michael Jordan Bulls documentary stuff uh, that's going on in the zeitgeist. So I think it was Ooh. that combination that brought it to my attention. Um, mm-hmm. The other is that the sort of like TikTok interpretation of what's happening in North Korea is that if you have the coronavirus, you're just summarily executed. That's what the that's what the youngs are saying on TikTok in all of their joke memes. And I will defend both of these. No, no, no. I will defend the latter rather by saying that uh, you know I work with teens. It's my job to know. <laughs> it's my job to know what's happening with the memes. Yes, uh, you justified it right there. Yeah, I have to know. <laughs> We actually in this household tonight had a conversation about quarantine buns and I was like, No, 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 your friend didn't make that up. That's a thing. That's like a quarantine a puns? Thing. Uh Qu- buns with a soft B there. That's a that's where it's like it's sort of the same thing as like ha ha ha, everyone's shaving their head because they can't go to the barber. It's also like, oh, all these people with long hair are doing this ugly uh oh, that's rude to say. But, you know, it, the joke is that, like, I'm doing this unattractive, like, I'm just grabbing all of my hair and putting it into, like, a Dr. Seuss-style bun <laughs> at the top of my head, right? I, I'm I glad don't I know about name. that. No, you just taught me. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm sure that's a thing. It's totally a thing. Yeah, we we had our our bi-weekly, is that right? Yeah, my our, our bi-weekly phone call with Anna's grandpa and all the cousins today. And the uh, the high school aged cousin is doing that, and everybody's like, "Ho ho, Eli, what's going on?" And I was like, "I, I know what's going on, you guys. Like, read a, you know, read a meme." <laughs> yeah, I guess I have to curate my feed. That's how I heard about the Kim Jong Un thing too, but not quarantine what, buns. Which which <laughs> which feed was it? Because mine was Instagram Explore. Mine was Instagram, but I follow some accounts that are like meme accounts. Yeah. I have some like Instagram pen pals essentially that just like send me things that are funny. That's some friends awesome. of mine and I've had to follow some accounts to like be able to keep up and yeah. uh that's how it was there. Uh speaking of like you following meme things, I just found something that I think we have in common. I saw a post from them and I saw that like 11 people that I follow also follow this. And I was at first struck by like, (laughs) wait, all of my friends don't use Instagram the same way I do, which is just to look at tattoo artists. And then my thought was like, if all of my friends are paying attention to this, I ought to. So 
Am I right in thinking that you are one of my mutual friends who follows Catatonic Youth? Oh, yes. yes. Big time. I love oh, that account. Man. Oh, it is rough. It is rough stuff. Oh, I have my favorite bad song of all time locked in my yeah. brain because I would watch it until my phone turned off. Like, oh, it, no. it is so bad. There is just some, man, there's some rough stuff on that, on that <laughs> website. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, it's truly oh. doing the dirty work. Uh, yeah, that's a great account. Yeah, well, I'm always looking for advertisers, so Catatonic Youth, get at me. Uh, <laughs> I'd be really stoked. Um, so I guess, Kristen, you, you've not really answered the question, is Kim mm-hmm. Jong-un alive or dead? But uh, we may never get an answer to that question, at least not in the run of this podcast. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you for sure. I, my guess was no, but... No, he's I'm, not dead? No, he's not dead. Okay. All right. We have it. We have it uh, now. On we've recorded that. <laughs> we can <laughs> we can measure that against the truth. Sometime in the future, uh, folks. That's been today in coronavirus. Hold <coughs> up. Kristen, one of my favorite songs on the record opens us back up on side B. It's got this really, really great, you know, chow, 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 Oh, man. And that, of course, is Does Your Mother Know? It's a good song. It's very catchy. It's, it's somewhat problematic. It. I don't know. Oh, you I don't, don't know. say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm thinking. How old do you have to be to think another adult should be mm. another adult is like mm. too young that you can make that joke, but you don't sure. know them and you're infantilizing them right there. Like. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the I most acceptable say, way. <laughs> I will say the closest to this that I feel like, yeah, so this is definitely a theme that we run into in in running through a, a record collection, right? If you've got artists who were recording music and cutting it to wax, there's a good chance that they were saying problematic things. We had stuff last week from a band that, of course, was recording in the 20-teens that was a little problematic, We've gone all the way back, you know, through the Steely Dan discography here. The the only thing I can think of, of like, this is where it might have been acceptable is like if you were in college with the person that you're singing this to, that's the only hmm. <laughs> that's like the only time uh, I remember specifically um, and I hope this is an OK story to tell uh, my my college girlfriend um i remember when i met her i remember the party we were at and it was early 2008 it was very early 2008 and i was starting to do some volunteering for obama campaign and i was getting pretty involved and i i remember meeting bonnie at a party and asking her like wait 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 
you you can vote right and it was sort of this like <laughs> like we were we were just meeting each other and I, I she was a freshman in college i was 17 when i started college and so it sort of felt like a flirty okay thing to ask in that very very specific instance had i been yes. one two three years older ugh. right <laughs> i yep. agree Okay, I think that's fair if you're, like, both very, you know, starting out young. It, it, because which this band wasn't. <laughs> they weren't. See, I was trying to be, like, I have not been old enough to maybe experience this or think of things this way, right? But I've also been young enough to think it's awful. Yeah. So, yep. yep. So, limited perspective or... Yeah, changing up the time. Only, if only you had the perspective of an old, of of an old older guy who <laughs> wants to, yeah, flirt weirdly. Who just like, oh come on, she's just ah, yeah. You don't want to, yeah. You really ought to inhabit that. <laughs> <laughs> you might, you might learn a lot. <laughs> yeah, I might <laughs> change my view on stuff. There's also, we talked about this sort of like um, push and pull uh, from their folk history to their like post-disco, never quite realized future. Um, If It Wasn't For The Nights is the most disco song on this record, I think. Uh, I also listened to part of this album while on a walk, and I found myself walking in a very distinctive way as if i was <laughs> like in a disco uh, music video when yeah. this song disco strut it's all over this song yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I feel like this one is really good representation, not only of the disco, but there are folk elements too. The the mm-hmm. arrangement is really fun. In the the verses, they have a bunch of uh backing instruments that follow along with the vocal melody but interact with yeah. each other kind of in the background. Ooh, and I really yeah. I really like that in this song. Yeah, that's a really good poll. I also there's a tiny little thing just at the end of each verse where she's like, uh, whichever, I, and I almost feel like it's a secondary singer on this song, but where she goes uh, like, it's better. I uh, That's a really nice, like warm, warm opening kind of thing as we head to the chorus. Yeah. Yeah. There's good, this, for being a very, for being a very disco strut song, it's still, complex and mature and Mm -hmm. and really fun yeah yeah it's a a good kind of sleeper on this album i don't know that it was a single but it's not something that comes to mind when i think about what was released and promoted yeah same for me it wasn't one that i knew outside of like listening to this to this very copy and it's yeah there are 
I think out of each side, there are three songs that I really love on each side. And it's it's one of the ones we've already talked about. Does your mother know? And if it wasn't for the night, I, I also really, really enjoy. Yeah. Kristen, we have three songs left on the record. There's Chiquitita, which is uh, one that I knew. It was one of the singles and it's got some great piano work on it. There's Lovers Live a Little Longer. There's Kisses of Fire. Which of these is like most important favorite for you? Probably Chiquitita. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I mean, I I really like how they close out the album too. It's not to discredit the last two. I think they did a good mm-hmm. job. The, the album itself doesn't have a whole story to follow as far as I can tell, but I like musically the way they rounded it out. Yeah. But Chikatita I really like. It's really good folk. Again, with that like toggling that they do. It's uh-huh. really good. It's a sweet story and it's not about hooking up, which is really <laughs> different for ABBA, you know? Yeah. yeah in yeah. fact, <laughs> in fact, it passes the Bechtel test. It's a it's a, sung by a woman talking to her friend and it's it doesn't really reference like relationships or that it it does have a line that your love is a blown out candle but there's no further context to what whether that's a relationship love or something about like the fire has gone out for you and you don't seem Mm. joyful there's a lot of that and and so i think it's really refreshing That <laughs> that is nice. It's always nice when a disco song passes the Bechdel test. And and for this band in particular, because that's like <laughs> all of their stuff. It's like a lot of the songs, like they're set for going out clubbing, you know? Sure. Yeah. Actually, Anna and I were just talking about an uh, an artist, a band that will not make it into the program in any other way. Um, I don't have anything of theirs cut to vinyl, um, but that's Chromio. And we were oh. talking about, it's actually Anna that pointed out, you know, speaking of disco-y, dancey bands. Yeah. Um, pointed out that Chromio is obsessed with monogamy. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, they uh, are. Every song is is about either I'm chasing you or you're chasing me or we're in love or why did you try and involve someone else in this? It's supposed to be two people. <laughs> yeah. It's really there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I spent a bunch, I was like, well, but I, but, and, and at the end I was as usual, like, yeah, Anna, yes, you're right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought when you said, you know, all this, I thought it was, I thought it was overblown, but it turns out I, I cannot come up with a single counterexample. <laughs> That's really fascinating. I want to, I, I will be happy to go back and re-listen because I think that's an important perspective that was taken for granted, you know? Yeah, yeah. I Actually, now that you and I are talking about it, I'm wondering about old 45s. I'm wondering if that song, it, I, I don't think any Chromeo song passes the Bechdel test, I, I would not go that far. I'm not, <laughs> I don't even want to touch that. But uh, but I bet you maybe Old 45s is more about 
is more about music than it is about monogamy. <laughs> hmm. But you and I both know that so many old 45s are about monogamy. <laughs> yeah, there's no escaping it. I'm glad you brought up Chiquitita. For me, that's that's a song that I grew up kind of knowing on the Gold album, but it's also for me one that doesn't quite do enough dancey stuff. Yeah. Um, and Kisses of Fire is a little bit kind of on the same track of that uh whatever uh sun sunny midnight new york or whatever that song <laughs> what was that song summer night summer city. night city there it is there it is i got there <laughs> um it's a little bit like that you know kisses up by it but i really i really do love lovers parentheses live a little longer I do too. I do too. It's kind of a short and sweet song, but I really like the premise. (laughs) Well, it also has that thing, you know, you pointed out the intrigue on. uh, Oh, yeah. Was that on like Voulez Vous, right? On Voulez Vous, Um, yeah. Yeah, this song also has a little bit of that intrigue. And I love the sort of anytime, anytime a chorus, which like this one is, is both. I mean, let alone uh, one or the other is great, but both like in a minor key, that's super rad. But anytime you have um, like normally reserved or gentle uh, female vocalists doing the sort of like abandoned high voice yell singing and this does both. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I love it. It's a really interesting ballad dance song it has a really soaring chorus for sure yeah yeah the verse is okay the chorus is really what sells it you know that that's whatever but then it does the it does the really cool like climb up to the chorus there's a neat little kind of bridge part and then you're into it (laughs) oh man I don't know. I don't know the technical terms for whether it was the bridge, but I'm looking uh, at maybe yeah, it's the pre-chorus, it's the post for it's you know the it's the B part of the verse. I don't know either. <laughs> but yeah, that part's really cool. It's a really I really like where she does the like I've had my share of love affairs and they were nothing compared to this. That the whole you can edit me yeah. out singing. That's just fine Do, by uh, me. No. <laughs> Only if you really want me to. <laughs> I don't. Cool. I have found a lot like if I've listened to the record right beforehand, I often will sing stuff in the right key and then I go to edit it and I'm like, nice. Yeah. But if I listen to it a little earlier and I sing it in a different key, I actually don't really mind it. I'm like, no, I, I knew what I was singing. It was fine. It was fine. It was all good. It was the point of reference, not it was a... the reference, yeah. yeah. Nobody's keeping score here. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. good way to close out the album. Version one, before more were tacked on. 
Exactly. Yeah. So we've we have reached here the end of the record, Chris, and we've we've talked a lot about sort of themes of ABBA, how we came to it. Is there anything that we glossed over? Any any track that we didn't like give enough credit to? Anything that you want to make sure we talk about before we say goodbye to this record that we both really love? I feel really good about it. It's it's pretty groovy. Yeah, it's really groovy. <laughs> yeah. I will I will mention it came out in 1979 and um another part of the like the stories I was told you know was my mom had uh done a term abroad and lived in Greece in 1978 and Ooh. so this and then this album came out in 79 it's all kind of like tied together in my head and then Mamma Mia came out and that is set in Greece right uh-huh. So like yeah, yeah. everything's kind of like mixing in the pot for me. Interesting. It's like, yeah, it's all tied together, I think. That's cool, Kristen. Well, I I'm really glad to tie it all together here because we are gonna we are gonna put a nice little bow on this episode by playing a game together if you're up for that. So I need to ask you officially to launch us into this final segment of the show. Kristen, uh shall we play a game? Shall we play a game? Let's. All right. This is a game that I have uh, put together for tonight for the two of us to play. It is a, I will say, it is a, uh, it is a risque game. It's a game that uh, I'm excited to see us sort of like walk the knife edge of, of what's ripe for podcasts and what, what are we not going <laughs> to keep on. It's called Does Your Mother Know? Wow. That's amazing. I was just talking about my mom, too. Oh, okay. awesome. So, Kristen, today's game is called Does Your Mother Know? It's going to consist of two rounds. And in each round, you and I are going to ask each other. The frame will essentially be, does your mother know? And then you can finish that sentence however you like, either about or the time when. And we'll ask each other some things that maybe maybe our mothers don't actually know about us. Um, and if the answer is... No, I think we would consider that like a feather in the other person's cap. Ha ha, I've sussed something out. And I'd love to hear maybe if you'd be willing, <laughs> you know, to hear the story of that thing. If you have told your mother, that might also be kind of interesting to learn about. Like, whoa, that's cool that your relationship is that open. And you might want to know about that too. So really, it's just a uh, a chance for us to ask each other a couple of invasive questions, towing the line here on what's appropriate to tell your parents or not, what's appropriate to talk about on a podcast is going to be recorded and distributed out to 12 of my family members. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Kristen, do you have any questions about the game before we get started? I I feel like we can uh, find our way through and, and ask about, like, having that insight to what has been shared with our families. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I'm going to put you on the spot, Kristen. I'm going to ask a question 
first, uh, and and you you let us know. And uh, we're not, I guess, we're not really keeping score here. This isn't a, a win or lose game. It's a, it's just a win game. It's a game where we all win. We all learn some things about each other. Um, Kristen, does your mother know about the first person you kissed? Ooh. Uh, I'm thinking probably not. Ooh, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that a story that's uh that's uh salient that's worth oh, yeah. sharing on this pod? Oh yeah, it is. It is so tame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went to Sun River with a girlfriend of mine, and uh, she had this close friend that they were raised like siblings. So. Uh, there were four of us that went to Sun River, and it was just yeah. like the most chaste, you know, on a dare <laughs> kiss. And I was like, "Well, that was oh, thrilling," but you know, it was. <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, it was. A, whoa, that was a thing. So Sun River, for the very few non-Oregon listeners to the show, yeah. is a it's a little resort town, kind of pseudo mountain resort town it's close enough to skiing and some outdoor activities but it's not actually a ski resort right but it's got kind of that vibe to it um yeah it's nearby it's a bunch of lodges were you uh 13 i think yeah i know i know (laughs) was it you say it was on a dare was it a like specific was it a spin the bottle kind of thing or were like you walking on the path or like how did how did that even come Oh my about? god. No, it's it's better. Um there we were in a double bunk bed room the four of us Ooh. and I was on <laughs> wow. the top bunk and so Michael had to come up the top bunk and give me a kiss. Wow. <laughs> Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, cool. Yeah, your mother doesn't know, but now she knows because she's yeah. an avid listener of this program. It's true. Yeah. And she loves <laughs> ABBA, so Well, I'm glad I'm glad we finally got that that dark family secret out there. I know. I should tell her. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, your turn to ask me. Does your mother know about your first experiences with alcohol? Uh, yeah. Okay. My, so my very first, yes. My, my, like in my head first, maybe not. Okay. So the first actual one my mom knows about because she was a part of, uh, unwittingly at the time, but I've told her about since. And that is, uh, so my, my cousin, Eric, who, or rather my mom's cousin, Eric, who was on the very last episode, um, had an older brother, my cousin, Mark, um, who got married when I was like 14, I want to say maybe. Yeah. must've been 14 years old. And we flew to Arizona for that big celebration. And at the wedding reception, my mom was like, Oh sure. You can try some of my champagne. They, they like brought around champagne for a toast and I'm pretty sure that I got my own glass for that toast of champagne. And like, 
I don't know who's in charge of these things. I was 14. It was 2002. <laughs> They're just giving alcohol to anybody. So I had my own like small glass of champagne. And then my mom just took a sip during the toast and let me finish. And then my grandma also did the very same thing. So as a 14-year-old, I had mm. like three glasses of champagne. <laughs> um, yeah. And I remember like, I remember getting to the sort of like outhouse bathroom and being a little bit wobbly and kind of thinking that was funny at first and then got back to the hotel with my parents and was like nervous in the car the whole way there that they were going to notice something was up. And I stayed awake that night watching um, basketball late into the night. It was a Sonics game. I remember that much, uh, like trying to sober up before my parents found out. Um, that's the first time. The first time I got drunk on purpose was in college with, uh, Wade and Billy and Anthony Krill and a bunch of people at a, you know, just like a St. Patrick's Day Guinness drinking party, Guinness and whiskey, just whatever. Yeah. That one's less fun to talk about uh, just because like there's not that. much to talk about. And so do, does your mother know about either? She knows about the former for sure. A, because she was there, and B, because I've been like, Mom, you got me drunk the first time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that I have rehashed that. I don't know but that I've it... ever talked through the like specific first night with like Anthony Krill doing cool magic tricks <laughs> while we all got drunk. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, did she comment on whether she noticed at the time when you went to that wedding? As far as I know, my parents had no idea that I was under the influence of three glasses of champagne in my, like, 80-pound body. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they did not know, um, which I think was probably for the best because I I handled myself just fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you can hold your champagne. That's right. Always, always have been able to. Yeah, since age four. Oof, no, that's that's a little dark. Um, oh. Kristen, <laughs> let me ask you one more here in this uh, two-round game of does your mother know? Um, Kristen, does your mother know about? I, I, I'm trying to think of a way that I can ask this fairly, but like, does your mother know about all of your run-ins, uh, extant or otherwise, with the uh, with the law? I'm thinking about it, and I feel like she knows most of it. I I don't know. I feel like there have been times where I've had an encounter with a person in law enforcement, and like nothing happened, you know. So. Sure. Uh, but I, sure. I'm gonna so say, the stories that aren't worth telling, she doesn't know about. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking of one that I think that she does not know. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm trying to remember when this was. It was I was out with a friend of mine, and we were at that age where like we lived at home or were in dorms. We didn't have private places that we lived yeah yeah right um and this friend and i got into some hijinks there are actually a couple <laughs> related yeah. to this friend uh, uh -oh. yeah yeah so there was one night we went to um a viewpoint 
in Portland and we kind of you we pulled up the front of the car to this iron gate where you could kind of like look down over a hill and mm-hmm. we were using marijuana in the car <gasps> I know and <laughs> I know and the front okay so we were pulled up to the gate at the front and then a police car pulled in behind so we were locked oh. in not that we would have like panicked and fled or anything but it felt very you know yeah. we're caught now yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> and uh had had all the windows up and so uh it seemed like the police officer was going around to the driver's side my friend was driving so i rolled down the passenger side sure and when yeah. he came it was let all the smoke it, out <laughs> yeah so it was me and uh another uh female friend of mine in the car and when the police officer came around a, a male police officer she rolled down the window and he asked what was going on and uh, we just said that we were talking about, like, girl stuff and oh. must have said it so plaintively that he backed away with his hands up. <laughs> and was like, okay, have a good night. <laughs> uh yeah and wow. we hung out awesome. there for a little bit stunned um yeah and and then went went elsewhere but Oof. i don't i don't think i ever told that story it's a really you know no pun intended a cop-out right that yeah oh my gosh That's i realize funny. i don't know what that phrase even means now that i use it but uh, it means that a cop pulls up to a window and then walks away hands up. And that that's what a cop out is. <laughs> it happened to me. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> like so afraid. So afraid. <laughs> Did not want to get into it with us. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, no, yeah, yikes. <laughs> TMI, TMI. I don't want to hear any more of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a really bizarre encounter. Kristen, uh, we've got one more half of a round left in this thrilling game of Does Your Mother Know? Uh, do you have a question for me? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how to ask it. I, uh, I'm wondering if your mother knows your experiences with having been in dynamics and friendships or not friendships where there was bullying where you were like part of part of that uh, on on either side yeah no that's interesting okay so um i think the closest thing that i can think of so there was there are two that i can think of and i'm pretty sure my mom knows about i don't know parts of both when I was very, very young, there was a kid my age in my who lived on my block or in the circle, like he lived on the same, <laughs> like we had a big circular block in a little subdivision. And so this kid um, was a little bit, he was just like bigger than the rest of us. He wasn't older, he was just bigger than the rest of us. And he kind of was a mean kid and kind of punked on people when, when we were all younger. Um, he ended up being a good friend of mine uh, when we were in like fifth, sixth grade. So he, but he just kind of had this like reputation. Um, and I'm sure my mother knew about that uh, because I think she probably was like, 
be careful about that Brenton. <laughs> um, but the one that I'm less certain about whether my mom knows, although I think she probably does, is in the sixth grade, we had a we had a student like join our class like a new kid and yeah she was like notably noticeably different to us and and we were all thinking we were pretty cool hot shit like um people were starting to like have first boyfriends and we were doing like three-way phone calls and you know we thought we were pretty hot shit if anyone if anyone listening to this program has ever seen pen 15 i was exactly that age at exactly the moment that i'm thinking of um mm. yeah and we were like we were so what i remember is that i was kind of on the fence of like am i kind of like a nerdy egghead quiet kid who sticks to his, himself am i kind of like a weird goofy kid am i trying to be like one of the popular kids and so in trying to be one of those like cool um yeah fuck everything kind of kids i i really fell into a crowd that that like yeah we were shitty to raylene we were like really I can't even remember. And that's, that's like the shitty thing about doing that kind of thing is that it means so little to you in the moment. And I'm sure that like for this person, like she probably has memories of like the specific things. I just Mm -hmm. remember being like generally kind of like snide or like rolling my eyes or like snickering behind her back kind of thing. I'm, I know that it was worse than that. Um, in both the things that I like condoned and the things that she like endured. Um, but I also remember having a teacher that like held a couple of us back in detention one day and like really, really lit into us. And I remember that moment um, really kind of formatively. And I appreciate Mrs. Lesher for doing that. And I remember her always being the kind of person who kind of like called me on my shit Uh, she always was kind of like you, she would say to me, like, you think you're like so good, or you think you like talk about being religious in a specific way, or you like, you carry yourself in the world about having these certain like moral values and they're not reflected in the way you treat your peers at age 11. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so I don't know if my mom, I figure, you know, I only got detention like three times my entire life. My mom probably knows about that, but I, I don't know if she knows that I still remember that moment of an adult being like, I see through your bullshit, cut it out. Yeah. Super incisive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I like the example, I like the example of a person being able to call out bullying without it being bullying. Oh, man, totally. Which right? is, you yeah. know, and there's a power dynamic to teach your student that mm-hmm. it was constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah. At least in the way that she handled it with me. Yeah, I think so. Um, she she is a real hero of mine, you know, as a as a teacher myself and as somebody who tries to be available and open and interested and nerdy in my own way like she she stands out as one of those one of those important adults that kind of paved the way for that so yeah good question Kristen thanks for bringing me into something that could have (laughs) been could have been like real dark and awful but actually is like fuck yeah Lori Lesher hero of my life I really appreciate you letting me ask it (laughs) well 
Yeah, I'm glad that after the uh, nine or ten questions that we had to edit out of here that we found two that we could uh, <laughs> we could publish for our friends and family. Um, so and much. In that same <laughs> in that same way, Chris and I really want to thank you for having, geez, nigh on two hours to wax philosophical and poetic about this disco album from 1979. I loved it, and I I really appreciate. Uh, you inviting me on and having this time. Yeah, of course. It has been a long time coming, and I'm glad that you were able to be on and, and to share what you know about, yeah, this record that we're both very, uh, feel strong feelings of affection toward. And listeners, we feel a strong and intense amount of in- affection. Uh, <laughs> I almost said I almost said infection. It's uh, really, really a, uh, a sign of the times, I think. But feeling mm-hmm. a strong affection and affinity for you, the listener who bothers to uh, pay attention to their subscription alerts on Spotify or Apple Music, whatever it is, every Monday, that here in the heart of December, the shortest day of 2020, you spent some of your time listening to this episode with us. Um, Next week, we'll be coming to you with our last episode of the calendar year 2020. Of course, all of these being recorded in the early spring of 2020, but uh, looking forward to spending another edition with you. Until then, folks, please do take good care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Bye. Bye. Give me one reason why I should stay, because, girl, I feel played. I thought it was me and you, not the two of us and some dude. I know that you're free, but I never knew a couple was supposed to be free.